ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, smoothbore and musket fans alike, <laughs> welcome back to another exciting episode of The Horus with your host, Kevin. Joining me, as always, my handsome co-host, Walter. Walter, how you doing? I'm doing great, Kevin. Thank you. How are you? Good. Um, just chilling. We're recording late on a Friday night. We're both stone cold sober, too, which is... yeah. Yeah, just just pure exhaustion fueling us at this point. If you would have went back and told twenty three year old me I'd be spending my Friday nights sober, <laughs> I would be like, hey, "Get the fuck out of here!" You're gonna be talking with Walter about movies. Oh, does Walter like take a turn for getting fucked up on Fridays? Yeah, I'm drinking a spiced apple, uh, boy, Waterloo sparkling water. <laughs> so basic. Yeah, you know I. I I don't drink pumpkin spice lattes, and the one time I was like, "Ooh, I'm at Starbucks or I'm at Fred Meyer's, which has a Starbucks in it." I haven't had coffee this morning. I'm gonna get a PSL. I'm gonna see what the hype is all about. See if these white girls are onto something. <laughs> and I went up to the counter and I was like, "I would like one 16 ounce Americano extra shot for Kevin." And my wife wants a pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> and the lady was like, oh, we're out of uh, PSLs. I was like, she's going to kill me when I get back to her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I just I just had my Americano. No, no PSL. Yeah. Oh, someday the dream will survive. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I do like a, a good pumpkin beer. I just like pumpkin. Pumpkin tastes very good. Yeah, pumpkin's great. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things. Pumpkin pies coming up. Yeah, yeah, pumpkin pie is good. Um, My wife's not American. She loves pumpkin pie. She always looks forward Mm. to it during the holiday season. Yeah, eggnog is another good one. Love eggnog. Eggnog was not really a thing in my house growing up. It's it's I discovered way later. Yeah, as a kid, I always was like, it tastes like snot. But as an adult, Mm. I'm like, you know, a little glass of eggnog after a big Thanksgiving meal is like a nice. Way to just remind myself that it's Christmas season, my yeah. second favorite season of the year. <laughs> we got spooky season right now, and then we got Christmas season. That's right, yeah. But let's let's only talk about Christmas season in this episode. Yeah. You mean spooky season? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nope, yeah. I meant Christmas. Yeah. Oh um, <laughs> we're you know, I like Christmas, but I, I don't like how early it starts uh, yeah, every year. It's I I get furious if it's before Thanksgiving. And people I, are talking about Christmas. I see Christmas stuff out now at the beginning of October. And I'm just like, please, that's, just just let us get through Halloween, at least. Yeah. Let us have one month that gets to be a little spooky. And then after Halloween, go crazy with it. Yeah. But Any, Anything before October 31st is sacrilege. Yeah. But it's not, yeah. Up, it's not up to us. Yeah. Um, speaking of sacrilege, we're talking yeah. about the movie Speak No Evil this week not a lot of sacrilege in this movie unless you count being european as sacrilege <laughs> then this movie's yeah. only sacrilege <laughs> yeah that's yeah chock full if that's your definition then yeah yeah so this was um walter's pick it's a dutch danish uh, yeah dutch english film uh, yeah i was uh, pleasantly surprised at how little subtitles there were for this movie yeah me too it's about, almost entirely english yeah and it, it's about a family that um, meets another family while on vacation mm-hmm. and they decide to meet up in the rural Dutch countryside. 
but something is amiss. Will our beautiful Danish family figure out what's wrong with the Dutch before it's too late? <laughs> you should have watched it to find out because yeah. there's going to be tons of spoilers. In yeah, this. we're going to spoil the hell out of it. Yeah. Also, just to clarify, they're they're going to figure out that something's wrong with this Dutch family, not the Dutch as a people. Oh, no, that. there's something wrong with the Dutch as a <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. But just, that's, that's not what they get to the bottom of in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Th- one of the things that I will say pulled me out of this movie, this family's supposed to be Dutch, didn't see a single orange thing in that house. Yeah. The, the Dutch love the color orange. Nothing orange in that house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, okay. I've not heard of that stereotype. It's not a stereotype. It's just it's a fact about the Dutch. <laughs> something that's just bred into their DNA. All right. Sure. No, it has something to do with their royal family. Oh, I um, see. It's like the color of the family's orange or something dumb. I don't know. I, I just know that the tallest of the Europeans. Hmm. Um, you know, you got to know your enemy. You got to <laughs> study him. I was going to say a lot of Dutch facts from Kevin this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the current F1 world champion, Max Verstappen, Dutch. Mm. He's got little skis for feet. <laughs> now, what does that mean? <laughs> His feet are long and narrow. Just, oh, like okay. Just, does he have like special driving shoes that are little skis? Special little Dutch driving shoes. They're clogs. They're wooden clogs. <laughs> yeah, just wooden, yeah, of course. <laughs> I did. Did you see? Um, this is jumping ahead a little bit. But did you see the Dutch guy's keychain had a pair of little clogs on it? Oh, no, I didn't notice yeah. that. <laughs> I noticed that. I was like, you <laughs> motherfucker. Where's your windmill, loser? Uh, but yeah, this was uh, my pick. It's one that I had heard uh, a lot of buzz about. I think I mentioned last week. I, I believe it is getting an American remake sometime within the next year or so. Uh, so I wanted to check it out. Um, and if, if we'll, we'll lay down our uh, general impressions before we dive into it. I'll say uh, I think this is a very well-made movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, Very good. Some very tense stuff. I don't know if I can say I enjoyed watching it because boy, oh boy, does that get rough. Uh, It's it's like the situations leading up to it. The first hour is just like awkward situation after awkward situation, which is like almost painful to watch uh, for someone who was social anxiety. And then, you know, the rest happens and uh that's it's hard to hard to say that this was a good it's a, it's a hard one to recommend you you'd like you gotta again, know I, who you're recommending it to. yeah yeah i think it's, it's like again good and well made but like and i i'm trying to think of people in my life who i would say like you should check out speak no evil it's like the movie lamb it's like that's a movie that yeah. i enjoyed but I had somebody who's like, oh, what did you do this weekend? I was like, oh, I watched Lamb. And they're like, oh, what did you think? I was like, it's not for you. Yeah, that's just. I don't, I don't know how to tell you this uh, mid-50s, um, super <laughs> bubbly white woman. This isn't the movie yeah, for you. That's, oh, yeah. No, absolutely not. Uh, yeah, I didn't love Lamb. and But yeah, that's another one where I'm just like, who would I? Like, I want to talk about this movie, but who could I possibly tell about mm-hmm. it to? <laughs> Yeah, that's how I felt watching this one. And I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot yep. of fun. I gave it a pretty high score on Letterboxd when I just was like logging the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie really kicks off at like an hour yeah. and 20. Like it is yeah. pretty slow until like the last 15, 20 minutes. And then you're just like, whoa, there was a big tone shift in this movie that I yeah. missed. And I, I think that's part of what makes the movie so 
cool and why I liked it so much. Something I'm not sure about. This is getting an American remake, and part of the movie, like the drama and the tension in the movie, is that because one family is from Denmark and the other one's Dutch, they don't have a yep. like a shared language. Mm, so yeah. they can have these side conversations where neither one knows what their other side is talking about. And there's parts of the movie where there's no subtitles for the Dutch. Um, the Dutch yeah. talking sequence. I think I think there's no subtitles for all of the Dutch talking sequences. I think so. Yeah, I don't think and there's any. That's because the other family's in the dark about what's happening, so they want the audience to be in the dark as well. And I just don't. How would that work if it's an American remake and like they're Americans talking to each other? Where are they going to have people from yeah. New Orleans speaking Creole or something? Like, yeah, I was going to say. I mean, just yeah, but have the family speak a different language is, uh, I mean, I, I guess feasible and and definitely possible that uh, the main American family won't understand a second language. As yeah, but then it, then it gets to be a little bit of a weird territory where it's like, what's the other yeah. family going to be like Mexican? Or right. Yeah, I was I was just saying they could speak Spanish, like, but like, oh, that could be that's not <laughs> that's not a great look. If yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's that that would add a weird layer of otherness to it if there if it's not done carefully. Yeah, it's going to have to be like people from Montreal or something. Yeah, where it's like they yeah. they speak Quebecois. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, I could see that working. Yeah, and then you know they have a little uh, Canadian log cabin or something. Mm-hmm. Oh god, we should write this movie, you guys. Yeah, yeah. I ooh, speaking of writing things, did I tell you about my money making idea before we get too far into this movie? I I didn't. Do we need to cut this out of the podcast? Make sure no one steals it. <laughs> we might have to. I might yeah. bring this up later on. I'm gonna write a little note to myself about talk about. A million dollar money making plan. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's yeah. actually writing it down, folks. I am. I, <laughs> yeah. Really writing this one down. I don't want to forget about the, it. The, I don't know if you could hear. I could just like barely hear your pen going across the. Yeah. So um, why don't you start us off with running yeah. through the no the minute by minute? So yeah, we we kick off with the family in uh in Italy. Uh, the husband is clearly kind of bored uh with uh with their uh, the i wrote down their names but now i've forgotten which one's which bjorn and karen i think are the uh main couple bjorn and and Luis Luis. is their daughter yeah yeah oh is Luis the wife who's karen yes yes patrick and karen yeah Yeah. patrick shit no agnes is the daughter yeah okay yes it's it's bjorn Luis, and agnes yep we watched the movie folks don't worry (laughs) And the other family is Patrick, Karen, and uh, Abel. Also, we're going to be doing the American pronunciations of these names. I know it's like Louisa in the movie. Look, but... we didn't rescue their ass in World War II so that I could <laughs> learn how to pronounce their names, okay? <laughs> yeah, so just just uh, disclaimer up front, ignorant American tongue uh, for all these names. Um, but I've again, been to, I've ign- been to their ignorant countries. hero American yeah. tongues. <laughs> I've been to their countries. I was unimpressed. <laughs> um, so yeah, they're on vacation. I want to know what was the background with apple juice because Bjorn and Luis were very adamant about not giving Agnes apple juice. Like, don't give her apple juice. I think, I think that it must just be full of sugar. And I say that as a kid who like subsisted on apple juice. I know I was... that 
it's like a natural laxative if you have too much of it. Oh, I didn't know that. But it's like a gallon of apple juice, not like a yeah. cup of apple juice. Is right, right. Like do you in, you know? I think is it apple cider apple cider vinegar that like gives you really vivid dreams if you drink enough of it? I I think that's I just called getting fucked up. <laughs> this could be getting fucked up. I, I might be confusing those. I, I drank was... so much apple juice as a kid that I just assumed that's all that pee was. Huh. Because it was like a similar color. Yeah. I wasn't very hydrated, obviously. <laughs> I, I like taking a little swig of apple cider vinegar when I have to cook with it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, just enough to remind me I'm alive. <laughs> yeah. Today I uh, was cleaned up from dinner and we had like these... Uh, tuna melts and my son had a banana that he didn't eat and I just like I was finishing the banana and I just like took a bite of the tuna melt just to see like what's human experience what what what, what are the depths of human experience I can reach <laughs> wasn't that bad honestly just trying to feel something <laughs> just yeah. tuna and banana let's see what this is no it's all right <laughs> yeah it's I don't think I've done anything that freaky with eating in a while. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Uh, I put hot sauce in everything. That's about as <laughs> weird as I get with food. I'm going to go to your house one of these days and be like, we're having uh, my famous banana tuna melt casserole for dinner. My wife just crying in the corner. It's it's fine. We're fine. Everyone's fine. So speaking of everyone being fine, like you said, <laughs> something is not right with Bjorn. Um, yeah. I thought he was closeted. I thought this was going to be like mm, a weird, interesting. A weird movie where it turns out like Bjorn and Patrick are gay um, with like the looks he's giving Bjorn's giving Patrick when they're at dinner. And yeah, it, it's just very, it felt like they both had a secret. They were trying to exchange with each other at that dinner. Yeah, it's it's very clear that he is there's some unhappiness there, some dis dissatisfaction with his life. I I got the impression that he was just uh just bored with with it. And it, it's somewhat confirmed later on where or like he feels it's directly confirmed later on where <laughs> right. he's like I'm yes. very unsatisfied with my life looking <laughs> right at the camera. <laughs> this is no longer subtext. I am now just reading from the script. Mm -hmm. um, directly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of hints early on where he just like he's on this beautiful Italian vacation with his wife and daughter and like just barely concealing how miserable he is. Um, and then, yeah, they meet uh, Patrick and Karen and their son, uh, Abel, uh, and it, it uh, you know, a, a spark gets or a, a light gets sparked, something gets sparked. It, they come alive, and the the vacation is saved for them. Uh, and so, uh, like a month later, when they get a postcard from that family, Bjorn's like, "Yeah, let's let's go visit them. Let's go visit these basically strangers." Yeah, I think <clears throat> the idea of having a European vacation is a lot less exciting when you are European. Yeah, um, but it's also like I just can't imagine living in Denmark and then being like, "Let's go." to holland this is gonna be great <laughs> we're gonna go from one flat dreary rainy country to another flat dreary rainy country guys it's gonna be exciting you are fucking coming for the dutch in this episode i just i like what what happened to you over there man it's also funny how um 
they don't know how long of a drive it is. They're like, oh, it's only like a, yeah. a day's drive from here to there. It's like, there's no way you don't know if it's <laughs> right. faster to like drive somewhere or take the train because that's like the calculus you have to do anytime you're trying to do something in Europe is like, do we rent a car and go or do we take the car we own or do we take a train? <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would have done if I were in their position. I don't think I would have hit it off with Patrick. I think that I would have been like, man, this Patrick yeah. guy is weird. He seems a little try hard. I don't know if I, yeah, like I, I feel like he, he might be fun to have a dinner with, but I, I would not be like, Oh, I don't know if I want to spend a weekend at yeah. his house. Yeah. That's that may be how we're surviving this story. <laughs> just be like, that's a little too much. I picked up on weird vibes from them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so something else that I thought was funny in this movie is uh, the movie's very anti Swede. <laughs> there's like a weird line <laughs> you might be projecting. Hold on, there's a weird there's a weird line in there where they're like they're both making fun of Swedish people being boring and like uh, lifeless. Oh yeah, and it's yeah. like God, oh, this is a pot calling the kettle black situation. <laughs> none of those Northern European countries are like friendly people. It's not like Southern Europe where everyone's like excited to chit chat and hang out. <laughs> Just like, is, is this movie a documentary of your life? Is I know not at all happened to you. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. Um, <laughs> no. So yeah, I just, I thought that was funny and it's like, it, it does feel like Bjorn is desperate for something from Patrick and Patrick does have a little bit more of like a wild eyed look to him. Mm -hmm. No, he's like a buff, hairy dude. Um, and Patrick's like pale and balding and like looks like an accountant. Yeah, that's when when we see him at the pool at the beginning, I was like, oh, that's that's not going to last for this American remake because he's just got like a pale dad bod. Just just like, you know, a, a little bit of flap. Just, I, I mean, typical for a man his age, but just like you don't usually see that in American movies. Just <laughs> yeah. just a regular looking guy. Yeah. Usually they're jacked, insanely jacked. And then yeah. you watch their YouTube, like my exercise routine. You're like, no, you're just on steroids. It has this has nothing <laughs> yeah. to do with your exercise routine. You're juiced to the gills. <laughs> it's Kumail Nanjimani being like, oh, I only eat uh, bananas and rice crackers to look this good. It's like. No, <laughs> and then, and then in those bananas, yeah, is human growth hormone. Yeah, so um, and tuna fish. Um. <laughs> so then we get this scene of um, Bjorn, Luis, and Agnes showing up at the Dutch family's house. Um, nice, cozy little house that they yeah. have. Looks lovely, and we get to see Abel has no tongue. Yeah. Um, it looks like his tongue was freshly cut off because it's still like red and gross. And I don't know if it's bad CGI because I feel like this movie towards the end also has some bad CGI or uh, if they yeah, really maybe. intended for it to look like it was like freshly cut off, like still healing. I, I yeah, I, it was a little hard to tell. I thought it looked kind of like it was burnt off or something. Um, but yeah, and I mean, it's it's quick and it's in the dark, but it is. And maybe it's supposed to be like enough that like we can't mm -hmm. tell what the cause because immediately after this, the uh, Patrick says like, oh, he was born without a tongue. Well, and, and you're kind of like, ah, yeah. that's not that didn't look like a, a birth defect. Yeah. And yeah. The other thing we get immediately after this is Patrick starting to push boundaries with Luis and, you know, feeding her meat, even though she said she's vegetarian and she doesn't like to eat meat. Yeah. And him being like, oh, this is my favorite part of the roast. Yeah. 
yeah, really, it's where the awkward stuff starts, where he's just like these slight invasions of their uh, uh, of their personalities and and like pushing that on them. Well, and, the, go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say the I really felt for Luis and yeah, especially the first half of this movie. Yeah. Well, and then it gets even worse when they go to that restaurant. It's like a long, awkward drive out in the yeah. woods. And, you know, Bjorn and Luis think they're going to bring their daughter to this restaurant. And then they spring it on them at the last yeah. minute. Like, oh, we're not we're not bringing Abel. You're not bringing your daughter. Yeah. We're just leaving them with this, first of all, stranger who doesn't speak English. So there's an emergency he can't even convey. To, as, as a parent, that was a very hard scene to watch. Yeah. <laughs> and I know that guy seems super friendly and he hits it off with uh, Agnes right away. But it's if Agnes is upset or hurt or something she can't communicate exactly. that onto him yeah yeah and it's like does this guy have our cell phone number like what do we yeah it, just wild they and i just like I, i'm not being like it's a flaw in the movie that the parents just let him do it but i was just like watching that, i was like how 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 could you just leave your child there right then mm-hmm. yeah very very weird and unsettling scene i mean that's the whole point of this movie i think is that there's yeah. these little encroachments where as an adult you're supposed to say no you're supposed to yeah. establish a boundary you're supposed to be like no i'm not doing that like sorry i'm not doing yeah. that and time and time again we see bjorn and Luis are like passengers in their life like they don't stand up for themselves or take a stance on anything and i mean that comes up directly <laughs> explicitly yes. at the end of the film yeah but it's gonna, like we'll, going, we'll going, circle back to that a little bit but yeah yeah going to this restaurant that's like out in the middle of nowhere Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, they not, said it was just like just down the road, and then it's this long drive. Yeah, and it's stuff like at the restaurant, the other family ordering for them, not letting yeah. them order their own food. Mm-hmm. And, and then Patrick's super dick move at the end of tricking him into paying for the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, ooh, someone <laughs> had a good time tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. paying for the whole thing was also just crazy. Yeah. Because the other Dutch stereotype is that they are ruthless on making you split bills. Like if you, <laughs> oh, of course, yeah. If going you, Dutch, yeah, yeah. If you share a coffee, if you go out to a cafe and your friend, your Dutch friend, buys you coffee, they will be Venmoing you for the exact amount of that coffee. <laughs> they will not round it down. They will not round it up. They'll be like, "Oh no, you owe me three forty nine And you're like it's going to cost me more in transaction fees. <laughs> yeah. Like you really, I, mean, I just buy the coffee tomorrow. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> this they has to be settled now. They will not let you just buy them back. Um, strange people. Yeah. <laughs> that, no, that's your opinion. That's coming through loud and clear. Don't mm-hmm. you worry. Um, and then of course the, the drive back is super uncomfortable where Patrick is drunk and swerving and listening to music way too loud. Hey, now, yeah, I'm going to defend drunk driving. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. No. Oh, I talk just... about sound banks that we don't want to have come up later. No. I, I think if you can pass the driving test drunk, you should legally be able to drunk drive, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you <laughs> swim in the deep end by yourself, my friend. No. I've, I've got this life preserver here, but I don't know if I want you to get it dirty no i just i love that he's wasted and he's just rallying through the countryside 
blasting yeah. music. I was waiting for Freebird to start when he was driving <laughs> him back. And we listened to it in its entirety. Yeah. Free... yeah. It's a long song. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's like, I think the live version is like 14 minutes. It's mm-hmm. super long. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was another one where it's like they finally, Bjorn and Luis finally start to establish some boundaries of like, turn it down, turn it off. We don't want to listen to this. But Patrick just ignores it, just blows through that and puts yeah. the music back on and just like turns it down slightly for them. So you can yeah. see this whole time that Patrick and uh, his wife are like testing them, seeing what they can get away with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, yeah. A lot of the stuff becomes like crystal clear later on. After the, the drive, I think that's when uh, Luis takes a shower thing, yeah. and, and yeah. And I uh, presumably Patrick comes in and uses the bathroom. Uh, while she's in there without saying anything. And then the thing I'm most confused about in this whole movie, Luis like goes and initiates sex with Bjorn. Yeah. Like she gets turned on. I, I, not I don't by think the, she's turned on by that. Not I by think, like the danger, but like the, I think it's more that um, Bjorn and Luis always let their daughter sleep in their bed with them. Yeah. And I think it's more that this is like the one chance they have for like an intimate moment because their kid isn't there because Bjorn and Luis also like don't say no to their daughter. Like their daughter gets everything yeah. she wants. You know, she loses her rabbit. And instead of them being like, if you wanted that rabbit, you should have held on to it tighter. Yeah. Um, you know, the dad that, goes back and finds it for her. I, I have a note there. Like, what is with this girl leaving this fucking rabbit everywhere? Uh-huh. But, you know. Yeah. Patrick is then just looking in, watching as Bjorn gives her the hammer. Um, <laughs> so I thought yeah. that was another like weird, weird little scene of oh, Patrick yeah. just like giving him the Kubrick stare. <laughs> yeah, there's this window into the bedroom. Yeah, so creepy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I guess I just it seemed like that was a particularly bad night for Luis, and it just it it seemed odd for me that she got out of that shower and was me like, you know what? I, I need I need the hammer right now. Yeah, I need I've, got, I've got all these nails. I I need some hammering. Um, they're Europeans, man. They're weird. Okay, we don't don't try to make <laughs> sense of what they do. Is, is is there any European country? You mentioned the South European. Is that uh, is that okay in your book? Or except for the people that live there, yeah, it's a nice place. You know. <laughs> okay, gotcha, gotcha. Now for our seven listeners in germany europe's a very nice place but i have yeah. to pick on you guys a little bit i was, I was gonna say i feel like a, a not insubstantial part of our listenership comes from europe i don't know if we want to tread on this path that's true yeah in india india really yeah i don't i don't know because it's the same i used to work at a radio station and when i look at our streaming metrics it would always be like germany russia india and i always just assumed that like people in India that were listening were like training some sort of AI. Yeah. And it wasn't like real, real people like tuning in to listen. And I imagine that's what they're doing with this is that they're just training like an AI to sound like us for commercials or something. <laughs> what a dreadful commercial. I just, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine that they tune into two indistinguishable monotone voices. <laughs> yeah. I just can't imagine that they tune into here. Like the two most boring generic middle-aged white guys of all time talking about <laughs> movies and they'd be like oh yeah this is what i've been yeah. looking forward to all week this is the shit that's gonna sell <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. at least with the americans listening it like it makes sense because we're just a friendship simulator you know they put us on at yeah. work 
They imagine that they're sitting in the room with us laughing yeah. as you and I have like this boisterous conversation <laughs> or just like seething, telling us that we're wrong. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, this is about the time where I think the family really starts to realize like we got these Dutch people yeah. are freaks. We got to get the yeah, fuck out of here. It's time to leave. Yeah. And fucking Ninus, you know, yeah. Anya's forgets Ninus somewhere and they have to go back to get this fucking money. Yeah, I, I look, I think I would be the dad in Italy who like goes back and tries to find the bunny that we left on the street. If we're driving away from that situation, I really feel I'd be like, uh, I'm I'm good enough at talking to my child to be like, we'll get you a new fucking bunny. All right. Like it's I'm we're not going back there. Mm -hmm. Good news. Uh, Ninos went ahead. He's already he's already at home. He's he's taking he's taking the train. So we're gonna beat him there, and then tomorrow he'll be home. I just would have lied. And when I looked in the suitcase in the back, I'm like, oh, Ninos is right here in your suitcase, but you know he's under a bunch of stuff. I can just see his foot. I, I don't want to unpack to get him out of here. Well, yeah, yeah. We we gotta we gotta catch our ferry. We gotta mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah. It's 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 not that kids are stupid, but it's just that kids are stupid you know <laughs> yeah but yeah also agnes if this is your favorite fucking thing what are you doing yeah agnes leaving it and all over the place I, I kept thinking that um patrick was like stealing it and hiding it but that's I, not I, what's happening she yeah just, like, i thought that must be part of it. it i think she yeah just butterfingers that thing yeah mm -hmm. and something else i thought was really stressful that we get right after this scene is we get the scene of um agnes and abel dancing together and Ugh, Patrick yelling yeah. at Abel because he's off beat and Bjorn and Luis freaking out at Patrick for yelling at their son. Um, but then Luis yells at Anya's outside or Agnes outside. Yeah. Which I thought was like, that... weird that she does that. It's like, Hey, you're no better than like Patrick yeah. for doing this. But this is like one of the only times we see the family establish boundaries with Patrick is when they stand up for Abel when Abel's getting yelled at. Yeah, because, yeah, that scene is almost unbearable to watch. I, mm -hmm. And I, I mean, putting yourself in that scenario, I, I can't imagine how fucking awkward and terrible that would feel. Uh, but yeah, it, it it is weird that Luis snaps Agnes right there and then, like, sends her and Bjorn back inside. It's like, no, I don't, we need to leave and then, like, call CPS mm -hmm. on this or whatever the Dutch equivalent of that is. Uh and get this kid out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And th this is also when the family starts to get strong signals that something is really fucked up and they need to leave. And this kind of culminates in there's a night where, um, you know, they have a good day, you know, Bjorn and Patrick go off on this magical drive together and like scream at the ocean. And Bjorn mm -hmm. reveals to Patrick that he's like deeply unsatisfied with his life. And he just, he doesn't want to live this life anymore. And this is also like I get. I guess we skipped over this part, but we find out that Patrick was lying about his job. Like Patrick very quickly oh, yeah. says, "Like oh, I'm not a doctor. I was lying." And yeah, it's just like that's such a subtly scary scene where he's just like, "Oh, I'm I'm not a doctor. No, yeah, no, I lied. Yeah, I lied to impress you. It's just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we're going. <laughs> yeah. How do you? Or he's also like, I don't believe in working. It's like. What is this house? Where? How? How is this house here? I think they take the house of the purse of the families they kill. I I don't know because 
we they've got all this like old suitcases and stuff oh, there yeah. we found yeah so i i mean i assume they steal like the credit cards and stuff and that's how they fund it but mm -hmm. i don't know yeah i don't know either yeah. um but yeah that was another like freaky scene where he's like oh yeah i just lied i don't believe in working i was like oh cool <laughs> not only not only you're weird but you're also like politically annoying and you're gonna give your whole <laughs> manifesto to me about how you don't believe in work great <laughs> once my uh, uh this is long before i had kids but my wife and i went to like go uh babysit overnight at someone's house um that my wife used to teach for and it's this gorgeous fucking huge house and at one point i asked the husband what he did uh and he was just like oh i uh i you know i've been doing some other hobbies i've been doing some woodworking and stuff and i found out later like oh he just comes from money but in the time i was like no but how does what do you mean? What? How is this huge fucking house existing? What are you talking about? You do woodworking. I um, was scrolling through TikTok and I was looking at TikToks for like stationary, um, you know, as you do, you know, your stationary sure. TikTok. Uh -huh. And those, as you, you specifically do. Yes. Those, that, the stationary community and journaling community has a strong overlap with like the study community and social media. Mm -hmm. And so I'll usually get like study with me videos, like my life as a student. But this video that popped up was my life as a student, um, budgeting a 15,000 a month allowance at, as a, as a New York un art university or New York university student. I was like, Ugh. I was like dry heaving <laughs> when I saw that. Like, could, could you imagine only having a $15,000 a month allowance? Oh, Oh man, the the dregs of poverty. I can't fathom what it must be like for them. Papa, Papa, can I <laughs> send the Bentley this weekend? <laughs> yeah, I do. I don't know. Some people just live a life that, like, they if they saw how we lived as like normal middle class people, they would be disgusted. <laughs> yeah, they'd be like leftovers. You're. <laughs> microwaving leftovers <laughs> and you're kind of excited about it <laughs> you're just eating overnight oats like this isn't like part of continental <laughs> yeah. breakfast you just oh that's what you're doing this, for breakfast. this is what you prepared for yourself yeah to eat yeah i don't i have some friends that are like upper middle class but i don't think i have any friends who are like really well to do you know yeah yeah, that's because they don't want us. Around. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think the one thing that's nice is when you're from Alaska, um, you get away with a lot. And I've met some well to do people. I've met Bill Gates. Um, oh. But when you meet people and they kind of find out where you're from, even if they're very wealthy, they're immediately more interested in hearing about you being from Alaska than they are about whatever dumb shit they're into. Yeah, which is kind of nice, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Plus, I can talk about this. I can talk about dog mushing um, yeah. with them, which I think also wins big points. But I, yeah, I've done a lot of poor people stuff. I don't know if you ever saw where I was living <laughs> when I first moved back here. I don't think I did. <laughs> um, no. Oh, gonna, no, I saw some pictures. For uh, the audience, yeah. I'm yeah, going to yeah, paint yeah, you yeah, a yeah. picture. Imagine yeah. a one story house with an oh, unfinished I'm basement. It now. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This house has. No walls on the ground floor. There's a toilet and an industrial sink. And you actually, I installed the industrial sink. There was no sink before. There was just like a little 
former bathroom, like a 60s bathroom sink, like just big enough you could fit your hands under it to wash your hands. <laughs> but that's all that's in the ground floor of this house is a toilet and a sink. No walls. No, no walls. Yeah, <laughs> just, to, just to be clear. <laughs> no drywall, just raw, exposed insulation and vapor barrier. <laughs> um, and then the basement, you go downstairs to the basement. There's a weightlifting rack, a homemade weightlifting rack, a refrigerator, and a stove all within like two feet of each other. I could lift weights and be cooking a meal at the same time. <laughs> we had a three-layer bunk bed because there are three guys living there and we all needed somewhere to sleep and our gaming PCs and that was it. <laughs> like I was poverty maxing big time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you also have a gaming PC there, so you know it's it's like being poor and still having a new iPhone. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you 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 choose what to spend your money on. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just it's one of those things. It's like I think back to it, and where I live now, I'm like, man, I have a very nice, comfortable apartment. I don't know if I could go back to. I actually, I could definitely go back to living like a barbarian in a cave again. Yeah. I wouldn't be jazzed about it, but. You know, when life gives you lemons, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, I, I've lived in some real shitholes. Of course, you, yeah, you, you, you remember the one I lived in in Alaska, where, yeah. I, where I met my wife and fell in love. You yeah. know, so it, it holds a special place in my heart. Uh, but yeah, no, it's one of those places that, like, I feel like the crack pipe's just gonna like materialize. <laughs> like no one in here is smoking crack, but it just like it, like ghosts must leave it here or something. I, the thing about that place that I liked was you guys had a garage full of just full trash bags. Just so much fucking trash. <laughs> you didn't park uh, your cars in the garage. The garage was like the trash holding. <laughs> no, area. it was for trash. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to be young and dumb again and to not yeah. know any better. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, this this house they are at is nice, but they don't see anything in the house that's unsettling. It's until Bjorn gets, like, lured out to the garage that things become really unsettling. And something I'm curious about is, was Patrick trying to lure him out there, or was it Abel that was trying to lure him out to the garage, like, send a message to him? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I feel like we see... Patrick outside smoking right and he... watching him yeah yeah so I I, th I think maybe it is part of it that he wants wants him to find out wants him to find it, mm -hmm. it yeah it's just like if he's like boy Bjorn is letting me do fucking anything mm -hmm. like if, if he's like pushing to the point where it's like what what is he like he becomes curious like what's what's is he gonna do in this situation where like he can no longer he, you know, deny he, he finds how my garage shit is. Yeah, he, he finds <laughs> my garage full of old suitcases and yeah. like my wall of victims. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of pictures on that wall. It's nuts. Yeah. That the the reveal of the wall, I think, is a great, very fucking scary scene where it's like it it doesn't really I mean it I mean kind of holds your hands, but like it's not like Bjorn being like, Oh, I figured it out. It just like shows you the pictures with like another family with Abel. And then, like, going back and you recognize, like, oh, they've been just taking families and grabbing the kids. Mm -hmm. And how fucking terrifying that is. Yeah. Um, and, and it's yeah, like... It's a, it's a spooky twist. The movie, the twist at this movie comes real fast. This movie, like, really kicks yeah. everything up to 10th gear. And, like, you are not expecting it to move this fast from here on out. And it's like, 
We also get the shot when Bjorn's going back in where he sees Abel's body in the pool. Yeah. Like Abel was drowned, which is also just like a crazy thing to see. Yeah, just and out of nowhere. Like, okay, yeah. come on, get to the car. We're gonna we're gonna slowly yeah. shuffle out of here. <laughs> yeah, this the movie is like an hour and a half of just like really awkward situations, but like they like do I think Patrick and, and Karen like the performances are strong enough that you can like just barely understand why they would stay, why Bjorn and Luis would stay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, it's such a fucking whiplash uh, when when like we get to the true horror of what's going on. And the thing that blows me away, too, is that, you know, Bjorn is such kind of a coward that even when he's making his getaway, you know, they show him buying gas. You know, he's got a full tank of gas. He can easily yeah. just like keep on driving. Um, it takes the barest amount of pressure from Patrick to make Bjorn cut onto a side road and get stuck. And this is at yeah. the earlier part of the movie. You kind of find out that Bjorn's like clueless about navigating and like not a natural. Navigator oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like an adventurous kind of person at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I, why the fuck didn't he tell Luis what was going on? I don't know. I, I don't know why he yeah. didn't tell her to be like, Hey, um, I understand not wanting to tell her in front of their kid, but like right. he couldn't find a euphemism or any sort of clever way to be like, they're murderers. Yeah. <laughs> not like, these people if we see no, them. like we, we have to leave immediately and, and then call the police. Yeah. Like that's yeah. And just the fact that, like I said, just the barest amount of pressure from Patrick of him just driving behind him and Bjorn freaks yeah. out and like crashes their car and gets it stuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it again it's like i think the characters are believable enough i can understand how like bjorn could get there but it's like at that point it's so hard to watch and not like be like no just fight back a little bit bjorn and the thing the thing that blows me away is my note around this point in the time is you know bjorn and luisa's ancestors were vikings it's like (laughs) how the mighty have fallen They were they were the ones that stayed back at the village and yeah. <laughs> everyone went off and fought. Yeah. Yeah. When <laughs> when everyone was going Viking, they were just like, oh, we're gonna raise sheep. Yeah. Someone's gotta clean the helmets, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Wanna go in there with dirty helmets? Um, so that's that's also like a tough scene is just watching him get stuck and not even be like, Okay, Luis, you drive, I'm gonna push the car. Like zero attempt yeah. made to get unstuck. Yeah, yeah, or and and leaving them alone in there. Yeah, just and then mm-hmm. again, like he's he's obviously panicked. He's he's trying to just like get away and and find help for the situation. Trying to put, I think the uh, like the the uh, drive in someone else's hands mm-hmm. to save them. Um, but yeah, it's a real bummer. And then when uh Patrick. Uh, comes and picks him up he's he's already got Luis and uh agnes because he just told him that like oh uh uh bjorn called and told me you broke down i arrived somehow like two minutes later um just like bjorn getting in the car after that and still not saying anything to, to louise is so if if you're in a situation where someone's like get in the car or let me tie you up or you know get in the trunk or whatever don't fucking do it. They're going to kill you. That every time. Always fight. Yeah, I just, it's unreal that he does nothing to like warn his family or stick up for his family or just 
anything to try to save his life or their life. And it's like, you know, Patrick stops and the babysitter from earlier in the film, like holds Luis um, and is like choking her while Patrick is just like punching Bjorn in the face to keep him from fighting back. You know, Bjorn's crying, Luis is crying, and then they cut off uh, Agnes's tongue in front of them. Yeah, and it's just with, like, with rusty garden shears. They like make a point yeah. there. And it's like no, none of the adults that should be responsible for protecting this child are like really putting up much of a struggle to protect this yeah. child. I get Luis is being choked out. Bjorn, you're being punched in the face. Sure. But like, they're cutting off your daughter's tongue back there. Like, well, just like really throw yourself at it, man. Yeah. And it's he, like, he gives up pretty quick. Yeah. And it's like, Luis isn't trying to kick or anything. She's just like pawing at the dude that's strangling her for him. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, gouge his eyes out or like start yeah. swinging at the woman that's going to cut your daughter's tongue off. Like, you don't have to just attack this guy behind you. You can attack the two other people in this car to like make a scene to try to get them to let the pressure off. Yeah. Yeah. Make it as difficult as possible for them mm-hmm. to to do what they're trying to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're complicit with them all the way to the end because, yeah. you know, they take um, Agnes away and then Patrick drives them to a quarry and tells them, OK, get out of the car. Stand yeah. over there. Take your clothes off. And you can see for a second they hesitate. But Luis is so broken that she starts to do it. And yeah. Bjorn just follows suit and they're standing there totally naked. And they get told to, you know, go walk over there. And Bjorn asks Patrick, he says, why are you doing this? And Patrick looks at him and says, because you let me. And it's like a very clear message in this film about like, (laughs) learn to say no, establish boundaries, communication is important. How how much we let people walk over us Mm -hmm. or yeah, in, in the, in an effort to be polite or to like fit in society or not hurt someone's feelings. Like the the depths that we let people take advantage of us. Well, and it's it's not even people take advantage of us. It's I don't know if this is a uniquely American thing or what. Um, but in the movie Borat, you know, something that's always funny, or um, in in some of the other movies he's done, where people are like, oh, why do they just let Sasha Baron Cohen say these racist things and they don't argue back with him? It's like most people in real life are not racist, but if you're someone who's like buttered them up and set yourself up as their friend and you yeah. say racist things around them, they're not going to push back on you because they like you. And it's not necessarily that they agree with those things. It's like the Sasha Baron Cohen gets away with that a lot. That's like one of the big tricks he uses to set up those awkward situations is that they believe this character that he's playing and people are trying to be friendly in person and not like argumentative. And so they'll like awkwardly laugh when you like make an uncouth joke and they'll be like, ha ha, can we move past this, please? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, I agree. He definitely like gets some surprising and heinous stuff out of people, but there is definitely an element where I, I can imagine like a foreigner using some kind of slur and you're just like, all right, you, you don't. Maybe you don't really get our culture, so I'm, well, I'm not going to, like, jump on this yeah. for you. But, yeah, and, and just kind of let it slide, yeah. But it's even, it's even stuff like when you work a customer service job, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I worked one for a long time, and it's like we'd have people that would come in with, like, 
the MAGA hat on or they'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, pff, this Joe Brandon guy, huh? And you're just like, <laughs> whatever, man, I just want to get you out of my lobby. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. I just want you out of here. <laughs> yeah, let's just, just move along. Can we just do the regular customer service stuff and then not have to do any of the other yeah. stuff on top of that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's just I, I feel like that's something that everyone does. And there's actually this really good book. Um, it's called uh, I think it's called little government or small government. And it's about how our work definitely takes advantage of us in this situation where it's like, it's really clear to a lot of employers that they're overstepping boundaries with their employees, but like you can't do anything about it. It's like this kind of fake work persona we all put on where we're like, Oh, I don't want to talk about politics. Uh Haha. I'm at work. Let's talk about Excel instead where you're just like, fuck you. (laughs) Your opinion sucks. (laughs) anyways so yeah, yeah this is something that i think the movie makes a very i mean visually the movie has made this point a ton of times in it with yeah. these uncomfortable situations but the movie comes out and outright says the point that the movie is trying to get across to us that you yeah. should be a little bit more comfortable with establishing boundaries mm-hmm. um and then a real <laughs> Brutal stoning scene. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect Just that they were gonna get fucking stoned rough. To yeah, and uh, it 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 takes a while as mm-hmm. a, a stoning kind of does, and yeah, just yeah, it it's unexpected. Uh, well, I mean, you know, back in my day, we start off with the small stones. Patrick and uh, his wife started. They they were throwing some honkers right yeah. away. <laughs> they, they get they were shot right those in the out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they're crack shots. Yeah. I think it was just Patrick throwing rocks and Karen's just like, yeah, you got it, buddy. <laughs> he is fucking dead eye in that shit. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, yeah. But it's at the same time, like at the end of this movie, I didn't feel bad for Bjorn and Luis getting killed. I was just yeah. like, eh, they kind of had it coming. <laughs> it's like if you're if you're if the person who's going to kill you can drag you out and just command you to get out of the car like a dog and be like get naked and you just like okay like yeah Luis and Bjorn like had just no emotion left in their eyes at that end scene like Luis is dead inside yeah yeah I I it's it's true I, I understand that they're like traumatized and physically broken uh it does still seem odd that they're just like completely consigned to it and it, they're complicit like, so complicit yeah their own death. yeah yeah and and like have just given up on their daughter as well just being like all right well because like bjorn, bjorn knows, knows what yeah. the process is yeah. now like he knows that his daughter is going to be living in this horrible horrible situation and is probably going to be drowned in the pool mm-hmm. and like but could still be saved you know, if, you know, if he's able to fight back, but is just like, yeah, all right, I'll get my dick out in the cold. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Let me let me pull out the hammer and uh, walk into this pit. Yeah, it's a it's a really sad end in the movie, I think. But at yeah. the same time, it's like I said, you have a really hard time feeling bad for them because you're just like, oh, you guys have zero survival instinct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I get e- easy to to I guess you know armchair quarterback this one when I'm not in the situation, but uh, yeah, it it is 
a little hard to I, I will say not hard to feel sympathy for them, but like uh to understand how how they could just march into the pit to their to their deaths. Yeah. Are you slowly changing your <laughs> filter to black and white? I, was gonna see, I hate that. I was going to see how long it would take for you to notice I was doing it. I, like, I think I looked away and then looked back. And it was, I was like, well, Walter, are you colorblind now? <laughs> oh, my God. I, I guess it must be. I mean, everything around me on my desk is still in color, but just your image. Um. Yeah, I, I like the ending of this movie. I think the movie, like... Yeah. It's very clear in its messaging. It does a good job with getting that messaging out to you, the viewer. And you hate Patrick and his wife at the end of this movie. And you feel so bad for the daughter. But at the same time, you just, you hate Bjorn and Luis more at the end. At least that's how I felt at the end of this movie. I'm like, you guys are doing nothing to fight for yourself. And it's like, I could get it if they were like, radical Christians or Buddhists. And they were like, mm-hmm. Hey man, the meek shall inherit the earth. Like you're going to kill me, but I'm going to be with God son. Or yeah. they were Janus and they were just like, Oh, you know, I can't hurt a living being. Yeah. But it's like, you don't even get like a, a religious, like ultra pacifist reasoning from them. They're just like, you're going to kill us. Whatever, man. Yeah. It's I, I think it is. I, I, I think I see your point. It it is kind of like knowing that like to break this cycle. Stop fucking with your image, man. Sorry, it just it, I see you doing the colors aren't right and it's killing me right now. So continue <laughs> to break the cycle. Yeah, it it'd be so easy for them to break the cycle if they just like presumably if they just like stood up and said, like, no, we are leaving. That's mm-hmm. it, we're gone. I mean, we don't know if like Patrick would tackle them or, you know threaten with a gun or something I, well i think that's his whole deal i think that's yeah patrick finds that, that's the power trip is yeah. yeah patrick and uh karen find victims that they can like aren't gonna fight back because yeah I, I feel like it's more common than people think like the people are just like a passive observer in their own life and they think that like they have no autonomy to like fix the some of the things that they do have control over yeah yeah, I mean, I, as someone who is very conflict averse watching this movie, it is like it, it's I I can sit back and be like, oh, you, you just got to stand up and leave. But I also know like what it's like to be in those situations where like the people are just like a little awkward, but not like they don't seem like me or like, yeah, and I'm, intentionally mean about it. So I'm, it's it's tough. I'm not trying to glaze you because you're my friend here or something, but I think yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I think that you're emotionally. <laughs> but you're a bitch. <laughs> I think you're emotionally intelligent enough to yeah, like. Yeah. If someone is doing some of the things that they're doing, like I can't, I can't imagine if your wife was a vegetarian and they were trying to force your wife yeah. to eat meat, that you would just be like silently standing by and be like, "Take a bite, babe." Yeah, It'll there, okay. there is a lot of like, "Hey, support your wife a little bit more." Yeah. Um, in there, yeah, yeah. Or it's just like say say no to them, like the music yeah. scene in the car and just like no just turn this shit down like we're here to yeah. visit with you and hang out and have a conversation like turn it down but yeah just you get none of that from them it's yeah it's i think this is a good movie and yeah i think that what you said at the beginning really resonates like it's good but i, I can't recommend this movie to like most people 
yeah yeah it's it's one of those it's rare that i like i watch a movie and i'm like i i i think that's very good i don't want to watch that again mm -hmm. like under any circumstances mm -hmm. it is it's very bleak it's very hard to watch and maybe because i like see some of myself reflected in in bjorn and uh and like and grow frustrated that like we can't just like break out of it um but yeah again really well made crazy twist uh at the end crazy but like works twist at the end mm -hmm. and just like a very a very kind of unique horror movie that plays on a, a lot of fears that you don't often see like addressed yeah 100 percent. yeah and i don't think i have anything else to say about this movie i think you did a really good job putting it for kind of closing thoughts and just yeah, I, I yeah. don't think I gave my score. I gave this a four out of five. I think the only thing that really detracted from me was that the the CGI at the end of this movie is like so bad. That is it just, when they're being stoned? Yeah, you're just like, yeah, yeah, this yeah. is this is awful. <laughs> and it's like yeah. while the, while the movie is really good, I do think it relies on like an extremely passive person to let this happen yes. to them with no no yeah, pushback. Yeah, yeah. And that's the other part that I like. I can suspend my disbelief enough for the first two thirds of this film, but the last third of this film where it's like, there's just zero real fighting back from them. Where I'm like, yeah, I, you know, I'm not a parent. Um, but I also can't imagine that I would just like get punched in the face one time. Like, well, I'm ready. to he's die. Our, our, he's the alpha. I guess I gotta just, yeah. And let him cut my daughter's tongue off. Yeah. And it's, I, I guess the other thing too, that was tough is like, I think maybe I'm an active participant enough in my own life that I also yeah. just like, can't relate to Bjorn at all. Yeah. Or being like just that passive with things. Yeah. I, I think you're a, a very like, uh, kind and polite man, but you all, you're also someone who will like, if someone's wrong in you, you'll say something about it. You, you, or it's even just like, if I'm unhappy with something like, yeah. Bjorn's whole rant about unhappy because I was working shitty jobs for a long time. I was like, the only way I'm going to get out of this is if I go and get a degree. And yeah. It's like I went and got a degree as a, you know, non-traditional student to put it politely. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I just, <clears throat> and anymore I have very little patience when I know people have the capability of solving problems and they're smart enough to know what their problem is, but they don't yeah. do anything about it. It just yeah. is bizarre to me. Yeah, but yeah, that's all I have to say about Speak No Evil. And I, yeah. Even the so title I, of the I, film works really well because it's like oh yeah, that was the problem great. is they couldn't say no, they couldn't speak any evil, or like mm -hmm. tell these people to fuck off. And of course, Abel can't just say it to them. Also, I feel like Agnes is probably old enough that she can do at least some writing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like she could warn the next family. Anyway, I don't need to get into it. But it sounds like we would both survive this movie. Oh yeah, big time. But I just be like, even if like. Even if we responded yes to the postcard, which no fucking way, but <laughs> we went out there after that night of like drinking and uh, Patrick watching me fuck like I'm I'm out of there, man. I'm yeah. out of here. If, <laughs> like, fuck this. If my oh, kid were like, oh, dad, I I left my favorite handgun behind and be like, we'll buy another yeah. one. Yeah. Don't worry about it's it. Like, sorry, That's, this is an important lesson that you've learned because mm -hmm. I don't want to talk to those people ever again. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's it's good. I, I think that if you're someone who likes horror and you want to watch a movie that's very uncomfortable, this is a good one to put on. Maybe not a date night movie. It's not no. like 
It's like no, a, no, no, no. It's like a Universal monster movie where it's cheesy and you can have fun with it. Yeah, it is. It is very dark. It's. It's. I think I. I warned you like a little bit when we were texting. Like, hey, this one's kind of heavy. Just, yeah. just so you know, it is. Just know that going in. Uh, but yeah, it, it is. I think a rewarding watch. Yeah, and I guess that's a nice segue into. Have you watched anything else? Any other rewarding watches for you this last uh, two weeks? Uh, yeah, I've been I've been going hard in uh, in this most uh, sacred of months of the year. Um, not a lot has stood out to me. I finally watched The Purge. Uh, I've Oof. never seen that. Yeah, um, I like I understand how it spawned like four or five sequels in a TV series. Like it's kind of a dynamite concept. But that movie's not very good. It's just not mm-hmm. not a great movie, and the, and the and like the concept is also one like I understand how it works in the movie, but also if you you can poke too many holes in it really easily. I was talking um, about it with Skylar, and all three of us had the same idea where it's like, so any crime is legal for twenty four hours. Like, I would just do white collar crime. Yeah, <laughs> I'd just be submitting my taxes yeah. or submitting a new W two. And then when the IRS, the IRS is like, oh, hey, this doesn't look right. Like, sorry, man, I submitted it on purge. They're like, ah, (laughs) shit, got me there. Yeah, I just can't imagine the crimes I'd want to commit are like murder. (laughs) Um, I think they'd be like, yeah, not paying at Arby's. I I feel like the purge would be cool until I realized like, oh, all the murders are going to ruin this. Like, I can't go out and actually do any of the fun crime stuff because like oh, the, these psychos and masks are going to come by mm-hmm. and the series only gets worse I think I think the oh, yeah. first one is definitely the high point mm. and the rest of them are really bad Purge Election Day is one of the worst movies I've ever seen oh, wow. it's brutal dude <laughs> and it's like <laughs> one of them ends with like there's now a rich Purge tourist coming here from around the world to take part in it and it's just like uh, it, it, yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of Scream Six when the beginning mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie when the professor's like, I think horror movies are like an interesting way to like gauge what a society is like thinking about and talking about at the time. And the yeah. Purge movies like quickly spiral into we're talking about this very current moment of politics that is no one's going to remember in six months. Um, yeah, yeah, really I, quickly. Yeah, I've heard it. It, it's. I mean, they're not. This first one was not subtle, mm-hmm. and I, I hear that's not uh, does not change. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, other movies I, I watched uh, Shocker, which is a Wes Craven movie from '89, which really feels. <laughs> Do you want to tell the audience what you did there? I threw, Kevin? Up, I threw up the Shocker for, okay. for Walter. Great, good, good. <laughs> uh, which really feels like he's just trying to do Nightmare on Elm Street again. Uh, like there's even some like dream stuff involved what, in that. What was the twist in this one? The the killer is the shocker the other way around. <laughs> he so he like gets <laughs> caught and executed in the electric chair like halfway through. But he's also he like before that prays to like a TV set and some like they never explained that. What the fuck was that? Like some kind of like lips come out of the TV set and it's like you got it, baby. Anyway, and then so he's like this kind of ghost electric ghost thing that can possess people, but then also travel through TVs and, and outlets and stuff. It's a very confused movie, um, but it's fun. But anyway, uh, 
some other trash. Uh, but the one I want to shout out is a movie I watched on Shutter called Brooklyn 45, um, which is about a uh, group of like World War II vets getting together to hold a seance. And it's a very like one room tight, like just a showcase of like five or six actors movies. And it's great. I, I really, really liked it. It almost like doesn't need any paranormal horror horror elements like it, it works so well by itself but it just a really solid great one that i want to get more eyes on brooklyn uh, 45 yeah so um a movie i saw that i do not want to get more eyes on <laughs> is the exorcist believer um a real stinker uh i saw yeah. it i think that there was two there were two other people in the movie when i saw it. I was when i showed up i was fucking praying that I was going to oh, get to see this movie by myself. I love a private I was, showing. I was praying. I was like, no one else is here. Please, no one else show up. Let me just enjoy this movie by myself. And no. one other couple showed up. They were sitting a couple rows in front of me, and none of us were having a good time watching this movie. <laughs> like, all of us were, like, audibly groaning as we were watching this. And it's like, it's just bizarre. There's like a Marvel's Avengers scene of like religious of Christians. Like they have the Catholic priest who's like Captain America. <laughs> they have uh, the weird Baptist priest who's, a, you know, he's a little edgy. He's kind of like Batman. Um, and it's like they get all these Christians together to try to pray the demon away out of these two girls. And one of the girls is white. One of the girls is black. You know, it's a real, it's a real duality. Um, you know, two, two are possessed, only one will survive. No. And it's just, yeah. it's a tragedy after <laughs> Exorcist 2 is pretty rough. Exorcist 3, I think we both agreed was fine, good, Underrated, fine. Yeah. yeah. Pretty, pretty solid. Um, Exorcist 4 is a, like a, a prequel. Is, don't, yeah. I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> um, but this movie is like, just skip it. Just... Oof. Think of a plot for this movie. That's better than the actual plot of this movie. There's there's a couple decent scare scenes where like one of the girls is possessed and she's walking down like the hall or like the not the hall, but the aisle at church and she's saying the body and the mm -hmm. blood. And like I was really hoping something crazy would happen, like a wall of blood would come crashing through the giant cross, stained glass cross in the background, but yeah. didn't. But <laughs> just skip this one i it's not scary it's not disturbing it's got two or three good scenes it's just bad they're really cashing yeah. in on the name um see the pope's exorcist instead that's a that's a fun movie this is a stinker <laughs> yeah i i saw that had come to streaming and almost like uh, almost watched it being like oh kevin probably wants to talk about this in the movie and then i saw i started seeing like i saw like the little rotten tomato score in the corner like Oh, I think it's like twenty two percent. It is is not strong. Rotten Tomatoes is not always a great way to to gauge whether movies are good or not, but twenty two percent is a pretty clear indication that mm -hmm. this one's no good. Um, and then I also saw the Taylor Swift Eras tour in theaters. Yeah, and that was a magical experience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not a, a Swifter. Um, I couldn't name one of her songs when I was going into the movie. The only reason I know she has an album called 1989 is because that's the year I was born. So it's a very easy yep. one for me to remember. Um, some of the costumes were really cool. Some of the sets didn't make sense. Um, <laughs> like there's one where she's like playing 
the piano and she's like under like this big spooky tree. I'm just like, this hmm. doesn't really jive with like the song you're singing. Like this should be a song about like ghosts and ghouls and goblins. <laughs> um, but I, it, it was fun. Like it's long. It's like three hours. It definitely feels like Jeez. three hours when you're in there. Oh boy. Um, but that was one that I saw with me, my wife and one of our friends. And we were the only three people in there. So they got to go berserk watching this movie. And I enjoyed it. I, I left with more respect for Taylor Swift coming out than I had going in. Um, I have not listened to any of her music since watching this. <laughs> I haven't been like at work and like, well, I'm going to put on the, the red album. Yeah. Um, that hasn't happened, but it's fun. If you're, if you're a, a Swift head, a Swifter, um, I'd recommend it, but I'm sure you've probably already seen it. If you're a, one of her fans. Right. Yeah. If, if you haven't gotten around to it, it's just, like the second go arounds who are keeping out in theaters now. Yeah. yeah there, th- I think it's out of theaters now. The thing that was really jarring too about it is they added special effects that like aren't part of the oh, show. Really? Oh, so like one of weird. her eras is like about snakes. And so they have like this giant CGI snake, like wrapped around the stage where you're just like, why, what, what did we need <laughs> this for? Or they have like yeah. fake balloons. I think one of her albums is balloon themed. And so they have like a bunch of balloons like rise out of the audience. I'm just like, what did you need CGI balloons for for this? I I want this podcast to pivot to you just explain what you think Taylor Swift's music is about. She doesn't have a balloon themed album. I don't. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. I like I I'm not knowledgeable enough to to dispute you. So this is this is very entertaining for me. Does your wife li- listen to Taylor Swift? Oh yeah, she likes Taylor Swift. She's not. Uh, I know she hasn't seen the movie yet. She's not a huge, like, screaming fan, but yeah, she definitely enjoys it. Enjoys her. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So she's fine. I, I think we talked about this last week. I have no like strong opinions in either direction of Taylor Swift. She seems fine. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I just I don't like. It feels like she's very in the moment as a celebrity because it's like she's so uncontroversial. But at the same yeah. time, it's like I I don't like my celebrities to be controversial but i like them to feel like humans like to feel <laughs> yeah. like they have some sort of like personality flaws or character flaws you know yeah she does it does kind of feel like she came straight out of the tube and just yeah mm. it feel feels no like like goes home at the end of the day and then just sits in the chair stares at the wall <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's that's all I have. I don't think I have anything else to talk about. Um, really sad. I missed the Exorcist 50th anniversary. It was in theaters for, I think, two days um, oh, here. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to go see it, but I was just like busy with work and other stuff and couldn't get a chance. I'm, I really am kicking myself. I should have just said, like, I'm going to go see this at eight o'clock and just be like tired on a Thursday. Yeah. Like, I, oh, yeah, I'm going to yeah. go enjoy this movie. Hmm. Yeah. It's a shame. Yeah. And um, anything else you want to talk about before we turn the ZBBs, before we let them go? I don't think so. I think we, I think we stretched this out long enough for them. Oh, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I, we, we just, we just need to hear what old, old Kevin's going to pick. Um, so my pick is going to be Chucky. I've never seen a Chucky movie. I think it would be a <laughs> lot of fun to see a Chucky movie. So sure. that's my my pick. And I just I had to look to see what's in theaters now. Um mm-hmm. I still want to go see Saw X. Mm-hmm. I have not seen Saw 
six through ten, so yeah, I've only seen the first saw and uh did not care for it, and then like really dug in my heels on that one and, and never saw the sequels uh but sorry what are we just watching the original uh Chucky yeah the original the original called, Chucky. Called child's play mm-hmm. yeah, and um I think the only other thing I really want to see is the killers of the flowers of the moon looks sick oh yeah. That looks, looks really that looks good. Uh, very cool. And also like it's three and a half hours long, which is a bit much like I can do it. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I can't do it, but just also like, come on, guys. It's not Scorsese. I think we've talked about this before. I think that there's a couple directors that need like one person that's hired on that just has veto power over them. Yeah. And like they only have so many vetoes they can use. Um, yeah. To like. <laughs> keep them under control because i like spike lee oh i should say i like half of spike lee's films yeah the five bloods is a movie where i'm like you really needed just one person to pull you in a little bit like the five (laughs) bloods is two okay movies smashed into one bad movie (laughs) and yeah scorsese is another one where it's just like you just need somebody to like go around behind you sometimes be like don't listen to that idea from martin (laughs) tell him you listen to it but don't do it I. I think uh, Quentin Tino like famously worked with uh, an editor who passed away. I think after Inglorious Bastards, you and you can kind of yeah. yeah, you can see a shift and like, oh, they're like, not. I mean, and maybe I'm just more uh, inclined to enjoy the early Tarantino works because that's when I like discovered as like a teenager in the early twenties. But like, I feel like you can definitely see like a shift. Like, oh, he gets a little more self indulgent in uh, in the later later eras Mm -hmm. yeah and and a lot more foot shots probably (laughs) just wall-to-wall feet (laughs) yeah i i think the only other thing i want to see is the friday the five nights at freddy's movie um have you played any of those games i i've never have yeah they they work really well they're not yeah scary but they are tense to play and they're like Mm. fun to play especially if you've been drinking they're really fun to play um but i i I'm looking forward to that in a, like a dumb, fun way. I think the other movie sure. that's like crazy is there's, I don't, do you know who Markiplier is? No, I don't think so. He's a big YouTuber. I've never watched him, but he made a video game about being in a submarine and like being sent to the bottom of the ocean and not having a porthole out. And like, you have to try to survive in the submarine, like chart a course. And mm. that I think will be an interesting horror movie as well. It's called yeah, Iron Lungs. Yeah, Interesting, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we've jabber-jawed long enough. It's time to let him go. Yeah. All right, folks. Thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Um, the usual things. Give us a like, five stars, whatever it is on the podcasting platform of your choice. We appreciate all of your support out there. And we will be back um, eventually talking about the cinematic horror classics Child's Play. 